Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, January 18th, 2024, and today we're reading from the big book, and we are in the doctor's opinion, page XXIX, the third paragraph faced with this problem through one paragraph ending with respond to the ordinary psychological approach. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 steps, Jen P., for the 12 traditions, Susan G., and reading the text are Maura Z. and Reba P., and the backup is Judy N. The newcomer greeter is Vanita L., and the host of the second hour is Eileen M. The reference numbers for Wednesday, January 17, 2024, for the 7 a.m. meeting is 21044, that's 21,044. And for the 10 a.m. meeting is 21,049. That's 21049. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting, nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jen P. to read the 12 steps. Hi, this is Jen P. Uh, from New Jersey, reading the 12 steps. Step one. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
and 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Jen P. Okay, I will now. Good morning, Susan G. in Tennessee, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups in OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to uh, the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me be of service. I pass. Thank you, Susan. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To, pre- to share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book and we're in the doctor's opinion on page XXIX, the third paragraph faced with this problem through one paragraph ending with respond to the ordinary psychological approach. And I will ask Maura Z to begin reading. Good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service. I'm Maura Z, gratefully recovered for today by God's grace and mercy. Faced with this problem, if a doctor is honest with himself, he must sometimes feel his own inadequacy. 
Although he gives all that is in him, it is it often is not enough. One feels that something more than human power is needed to produce the essential psychic change. Though the aggregate of recoveries resulting from psychiatric effort is considerable, we physicians must admit we have made little impression upon the problem as a whole. Many types do not respond to the ordinary psychological approach. So this paragraph is filled with Dr. Silkworth's humility in that he's realizing that um, as doctors, they've not been able to affect a change all of the time. It happens some of the time. Um, and he specifically mentions that one feels that something more than human power is needed. And again, this is filled with humility. He is saying, as a man, he is not able to produce a change in these alcoholics to get them to stop drinking, to get them to stay stopped, whatever it is. Um, they've had some success um, from using the psychiatric effort, um, but it's a little bit, not a great deal. Um, they've made just a little impression upon the problem. He is saying essentially that human beings alone cannot affect the change in the alcoholic, that there is a greater power that must be put into place in order for something to happen, in order for a positive result to occur from these alcoholics, from um, keeping them from killing themselves with the alcohol, um, teaching them, you know, how to live a different way. It has to come from something greater than human power. And of course, well, not of course, but in my mind, what he's saying is there is a spiritual component here that a higher power has to be employed in order to make a positive result, in order to have a positive change on the life of the alcoholic. Um, and that is, for me, God. Um, God has the power to have the effect um, on the alcoholic. Um, I know that God has had the effect in my life to keep me um, abstinent and sober. Um, I'm to do this by myself. Um, I personally have never sought help from a doctor except for maybe requesting a diet. And that was never helpful to me because just putting the food down is not the solution for my particular problem. I have to have help from a power greater than myself. And that's what Dr. Silkworth is saying here in this paragraph, that we need a power greater than ourselves. Something more than human power is needed to produce the essential psychic change. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Maura, for getting us started on this uh, page XIX, the third paragraph faced with this problem. So if you haven't shared on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, we ask that you hold back um, and let others share, if you did share on one of those days. So who would like to um, share? Star one. Alex B. 
from Missouri. Julie M. Alice B. I'm sorry, who was that? Julie M. Liz E. K. Jen A. Elise M. Okay, yes, I got you, Melissa. Just one second. Um, let me just uh, say who I got here. Okay. Um, okay, I have Alice B, Julie M, Melissa C, Barbara, I don't know, Liz E, Jen A, Elise M. Katie, please press star one to unmute. I'm sorry, this is Alec B. Am I up? Yeah. Um, okay, so did you hear what I said? I, I gave the list. Alice B., Julie M., Melissa C., Barbara, I'm not sure the initial, Liz E., Jen A., Elise M., Benita L., and Alice G. So go ahead, please. Um, Okay. I think it's Alice B first. Okay. Yeah, good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Go ahead, please. Hi, good morning. Sorry, I was having issues with the muting. Um, this is Alec B from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm so glad to be here this morning um, with each of you. I'm a, a compulsive overeater and restrictor. Uh, recovered uh, for today by God's grace. And, and I really say that, right, by grace and by this program, because as this paragraph states, right, these other methods didn't work. You know, I think back to when I was a kid and my parents sent me to a weight loss camp, you know, that restricted my food and made me do exercises and, and, and taught me rules and whatever. And yeah, I lost some weight, but I certainly was not recovered. And then later as an adult, when I was able to, to restrict enough to, to lose weight and just didn't eat, you know, didn't eat the things that were causing, um, didn't just even realizing it without even like recognizing abstinence. But again, that was not spiritual abstinence. That was just white knuckling. And, and then when the binging came back, it got way worse, right? Because this is progressive and it is fatal if left untreated. And, and it, it and then the, I bought all these books and listened to all these podcasts and tried to get, uh, uh, help in different ways but that were all rooted in my own self-will, in my own need to control, to control the food, to control my own pleasure, to control my weight. And none worked until I was able to enter into this program. And it didn't even work the first time for me because I wasn't entering in with total honesty, uh, with total uh, uh, surrender, right? And that was the journey I needed to go on. But once I was able to surrender to it and surrender to this God who loves me, who wants to heal me, who wants to free me, I was able to, to uh, put down the food, to pick up the program, and to walk in freedom. Uh, and I even give, you know, an experience of that was, you know, this past week um, with the, the, the horrible cold, I, I, hadn't, I wasn't able to go outside to do my normal exercise for several days. And when I was in the midst of this disease, you know, going back between binging and, 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 and restricting and starving and exercising and, and exercise bulimia and all that, I couldn't have imagined going a few days without exercising. I would have gone crazy, but I was fine. I was peaceful. I was able to say, that's okay. I can trust my body as God created it. 
that I can trust my body and I was able to go out, eat my normal food, my healthy, abstinent food, not exercise, you know, and then come out after a few days in the cold, was, was gone when it was normal and healthy, and return and be the same weight and be fine, right? Because it's not about the weight. It's not about the food. Mental identity is being loved and being seen and being held. And, and that's what this program has helped me to believe. And every aspect of my life, including my food, including my weight, including my relationships, uh, I, I am loved. And, and with that, uh, I'm grateful and with that I pass. Alec B. from St. Louis, Missouri. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Alex. Sorry, I got you. I knew it wasn't Alex, but then I just lost my head. Okay, so the next person is Julie M., followed by Melissa C. Good morning. This is Julie M. from upstate New York. Um, I want to thank everybody for being on the line, and especially the person, Maura, that opened up the meeting for today. Thank you for your wisdom. Um, Ten months ago, I came to a point of desperation where I couldn't, like, fathom what was going on around me and I got on my knees and I said God I'm desperate please help me to uh, do your will and whatever it is that I need to do because I just can't put this food down and um, when I turned on my laptop and I went to the OA website it brought me to the vision meeting and um, I haven't left the vision meeting I come to it every morning and um I had a, I asked for a sponsor and the sponsor asked me to get a nutritionist, which I had never done in my, um, you know, this is my, that was 17 years in OA and I went into uh, a nutritionist and that for me was a doctor, right? Because the, that nutritionist directed me to a food plan that I continue to follow today. And um, the abstinence that I have received from, you know, uh, putting down my foods that were giving me a lot of trouble, which I thought weren't giving me trouble because that was the the trick that my mind played with the food. Here I go again, playing with the food. So um, while I, when I put those yellow light foods down, I never I have not returned to them for today. Um, and then I remembered like going to a cardiologist ten years ago because I was. Um, at a pretty sizable top weight and um, I was having really bad palpitations, you know, and um, he kind of said, you might want to lose a couple pounds and then your heart rate will go down. So that was another experience with going to the doctor and getting that particular um, advice, you know, and I just, I just played it off and didn't want to hear it. And um, so you know, those are two, the two instances that I could see how a doctor tried to help me. Um, and so because I have exercised for a long, long time, a long time, 43 years, um, you know, I, I rarely had heart issues, you know. But coming to OA and finding out that the problem was uh, that I didn't have a complete psychic change, right? So the spiritual awakening that I've had in these last 10 months have helped me to believe that God does for me what I can't do for myself. It is a true surrendering. You know, the surrendering for me happens every morning when I say my third step prayer or when I just turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand God. This is how I stay in fit spiritual condition 
with the help of others, by helping others, and by coming into Time, the meetings every single day. Thank you. This is Julie from New York. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you, Julie M. Okay, Melissa C., you're up, followed by Barbara G. Good morning, Katie. Thanks so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, you know, I, I don't know how my spirit felt, you know, but I know that um, I did not respond to any ordinary, you know, whether it was psychological approach, whether it was therapy, or whether it was, you know, a diet approach, whether it was medical intervention for my problem. Um, you know, I know that every time I went and sought help from others, um, they they all, you know, they all tried their best. Um, and I think everything that I did, you know, was always, was always treating the symptom. They were always treating the outer symptom, what they saw. You know, what they saw was somebody who was overweight, who needed to lose weight. And and all of those approaches that they gave me were based on this assumption that I was going to have the power to, to implement whatever they told me to do. And, you know, what would happen is um, it would work for a period of time. But, you know, my willpower is no defense against what I've got. You know, I need a much greater power. And, um, and so... At some point, my willpower would always fail me. And, um, you know, I just remember, like, you know, I mean, I could make a, a book of all the things I've tried like everybody else. But, you know, I remember them all working and then failing and the way that I would feel, you know. Um, and, the, you know, the last, like, medical advice, you know, that I was given when I really was um, in serious medical danger I couldn't have surgery because my blood pressure was so high and I needed to lose weight. And, you know, I was told to get um, gastric surgery. And, you know, I had a really dear friend who was told the same thing at the same time. And I have to tell you, her weight flew off her. I came to Overeaters Anonymous and it, you know, the outward symptom of this disease took a long, took much longer to get better. But I've seen her, I mean, I'm sorry for her. I'm happy for me that um, she lost the weight really quick, but it all came back because those approaches, if she has what I have, it doesn't work for people like me. The only thing that works for me is a relationship, you know, with God, which I have received through these 12 steps. And I'm truly grateful. And I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Melissa C. Okay, Barbara G., you're up, followed by Liz E. Yes. Hi, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Barbara G. Uh, from Paris, a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. And uh, I have had the chance to reflect a lot on the psychic things these last few days, thanks to the paragraphs we've started. And also, I brought this into my uh, big book studies with my sponsors. And uh, something that really uh, really for the first time, which is quite impressive, is that uh, the psychic change too is something that uh, uh, happens daily for me. It's not uh, uh, one thing that happens 
once and it's done forever. I had the chance to reflect on this last week specifically because I was caught by resentment uh, because of a circumstance and uh, I had no way out. I knew I had no way out, but working an inventory and finding God's grace and finding God's transformation in me because I don't have any way out. Even if uh, I may have walked this path for a while and I may have had a spiritual awakening and a psychic change and uh, I may today mm, be changed somehow, still that's not enough for facing uh, life on life terms every day. And, uh, and so that was a very nice awareness that caught me uh, while studying the paragraphs we do these days. And, uh, and, uh, and again, I had the confirmation of this while working uh, with a newcomer over the last couple of days. who was also caught in outrageous resentment, as it is the case when you are a newcomer and you arrive to this program, because that's exactly how I was. I hated the world, including myself. And, uh, and there is no way out. There is no way out for me. Uh, I love the part of the book that says that I can't get rid of resentment as much as I can't get rid of food. It's, it's not through a spiritual work, not specifically the step four, but more in general, the psychic phase that comes from working this set. So I'm very grateful. I don't give any of this for granted. And... Uh, and great to see each and every one of you on the line. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara G. from Paris. And Lizzie, you're up, followed by Jen A. Good morning, Liz E. from a very cold Bristol in southwest England. So Liz E. for elegant, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, everybody, for your service. Um, wow, this paragraph. I had a number of medical people kind of confront me, challenge me, diagnose me with binge eating disorder, prescribe CBT, cognitive behavior therapy, prescribe um, one of those medications. And guess what? None of it worked. I got sent to nutritionists. None of it worked. And um, it was only really when... um, I met a therapist and she said, I can't help you. You've got an addiction. And um, she shared a book with me about OA and here I am today. And that when I went to my first meeting, that is my story. And I now know that normal medical aid just will not help me. Um, I, my programming in my head is just not organized in a way that I can engage with any of the kind of diet programs or whatever that are out there. And it says here, I am that person. Many types do not respond to the ordinary psychological approach. Um, I tried that for years. It just did not work. And But I know today that um, something more than human power is needed to produce the essential psychic change. And I know today that I have to have a relationship with God and higher power 
and that the level of my recovery is wholly dependent upon the quality of that relationship. And, you know, I'm going through a bit of a, I don't know, a funny time at the moment, but God gives you so many things to be grateful for. You know, yesterday um, I did some work with sponsees. I wasn't really feeling motivated to do it, but I just had the most beautiful message back from my sponsee today telling me how grateful she was and how much my call had helped her. And that's just so amazing. If I wasn't in this program, I wouldn't have been having that conversation with her. We would not be connected. I'm connected with people all over the world. It is utterly, utterly amazing what God is doing for me today. And, you know, this works in rough going. And I feel I've been in rough going for quite a while. But I'm still here. I'm still abstinent. And um, do get in touch. And if you haven't shared, just press star one and do it because it does help and it helps your recovery. Thanks a million. Bye. Thank you, Liz E. Okay, Jen A, you're up, followed by Elise M. Or M. Good morning, Katie. Thanks so much for uh, moderating today, you and your pup back there. <laughs> um, I love it, right? I, I, didn't, I had no idea um, that everything that I was trying before I came to Overeaters Anonymous um, was failing because it wasn't spiritual. I mean, who's going to think that? There are so many diet programs and weight loss centers and gyms and gimmicks and all these things. And I had tried all of them and I had exhausted the list. And then I come to Overeaters Anonymous and they're like, well, you know, I didn't hear this right away. What I heard was meetings and workbooks and, and people sharing and, and I identified in. But when I was actually taken through the text and my, and my um, sponsor started off with a doctor's opinion and I heard it from a big book study. A man came and he spoke here in Colorado, and he went through it line by line, just like we're doing here. And I was blown away to think that, okay, here's this doctor who is writing this letter at the beginning of this book, and he says he can't even change anybody. He's admitting powerlessness. And not only does he do it once in, in this letter, he does it twice. He's telling us, look, I'm not even powerful enough to change you, but there is something that can that one is God, may you find him now. That's what it would they say later, right, in the big book? And I think that's the best part. What is a psychic change? Because I didn't come to Overeaters Anonymous for a psychic change. In fact, I thought, I'm coming to a church. It's got to be religious. There's got to be some kind of, like, you know, um, seance or cult or something like that. Well, I'm just going to say that as I, as I read the book, as I listened, as I followed the directions, Something happened to me, and that's the amazing part of this program. Yeah, you have to put the food down. Yeah, you have to stop exercising bulimically, Jen, and sticking your finger down your throat and those kind of things. But as I did those things, and I was willing to be willing, put the key in the door, and just turned it, I just cracked open a little, and man, that door has been thrown wide open for almost seven years in this program. That's a miracle for a girl who's 50 years old, who compulsively over eight whose weight has been the same for seven years. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. And I think that's the coolest part is that the psychic chain says to me, there is no earthly explanation for something that's going on here. So the doctor can't help me. The gyms can't help me. The pills, the potions, whatever else is out there can't help me. 
but God can, because that's why I was eating. Like last week, home with COVID, missed everything, missed the birthday party, missed my kids' stuff. My son was home from college with five friends. Like I missed out on everything, isolated to a bedroom for five days. Not fun, but God was with me. Did I eat? No, and I'm still not eating over it. And my time's up. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Katie. Have an awesome day. Thanks, Jen. Okay, Elise M., you're up, followed by Vanita L. Hi, good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Elise N. in Boca Raton, Florida. Um, and, you know, this is saying that that um, I need something more than um, willpower in order to stop eating. And, you know, when I... <clears throat> you know, we tried a lot of different things, um, a lot of different diets, um, two diet camps. Even within OA, I went for the first, I don't know how many years, going to how, 90 days, all all these different programs that emphasize the food plan um, other than the steps. And I never worked the steps in any of them. For many, many years. And so, you know, that was like working a diet and that, you know, the diets never worked for me. So I, you know, got down to my goal weight. And then, like I said, I have a PhD in relapse. I, I couldn't, I couldn't um, get my abstinence back. Um, but it wasn't until now um, I've recovered through the doing of these steps. And it took me nine months before I was a willing to do the fourth step. I just was afraid to really look at myself. And when I did it, um, it was, I did have to get outside help um, and therapy and things like that so that I could um, build up myself to do it. Even though I was abstinent, I was in, in you know, in a depression. And thank God for today I'm not. And, um, you know, I I started feeling my feelings in a very intense way when I put the food down. So I needed outside help, but I also then needed to go through the fourth step and face those things that I was so afraid of seeing, the guilt, the shame, and all those different things. And when I faced them, that's when I had a spiritual experience and my depression was lifted. And, you know, I told my sponsor, I said, how could you have put up with me for all those months? for nine months with this depression. And she said, well, you know what you weren't doing? You weren't eating Oreo cookies. And, um, but for me, it wasn't just, it's not just the physical putting down of the food. It's also getting over, um, getting through the emotions and the fears and all of those things. And every time I have something that comes up my fam- with my family or things in my life that come up, I take them through these steps with somebody and with God so that I don't eat over it. I don't, I don't want to pick up the food right now. Thank God. I don't have the physical craving and I don't have the desire to pick up extra food. But if I get an intense feeling and that would be my first go-to in the past, I have to right away, take it through, a, you know, a 10 step, in, you know, a step um, inventory and, and get rid of, that resentment or that fear or that feeling so that so that I'm not feeling those intense feelings and that I would never 
again, be inclined to eat. And also taking people through Time, these please. steps. Okay. Taking people through these steps um, keeps me, keeps me um, recovered. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Elise Ann. Okay, Benita L., you're up, followed by Alice G. Good morning, everybody. I'm in Georgia, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. My name is Vanita L. Um, I love these shares this morning. Just, I need so many reminders that about the program and how this program works and how it's a totally holistic healing program. Truly, um, you know, despite my growing up in a religion and being really into spirituality and doing all sorts of healing technologies, which I'm sure um, helped me throughout the years, they're definitely part of my path. And being in 12 Steps for another addiction that caught my attention first. You know, one thing I wanted to say... Like I have a friend who's pretty religious and she's suffering with this disease and you know it dawned on me, Oh my god, food. Men and food were the idols of my life till I got in recovery and replaced them with the higher power. And I always have to be on guard, right, about the food the food. I learned really early on that the food would comfort me. And I think food is supposed to comfort us. And, you know, I hear a lot of people say that, you know, they wish they could be normal eaters. And I know there's people in this world who seem to be eating all the strange chemical concoctions and bizarre combinations that modern world has created. But I'm happy to be eating what I call God's way. And I'm grateful God keeps sending me people who are more sophisticated to teach me more about that. And I'm super grateful for the 12 steps for teaching me the real hardcore fundamentals of spirituality and teaching me how to deal with my emotions. Like I used to be highly emotionally reactive and now I have people I can go to to help regulate me when I'm upset and get me sane again. I have processes to do that. And I'm so grateful for the people God has sent to me to help them with their addiction because one of them is saving my butt now. Her process it is just a miracle to me how God puts people together um, that has something I have that can help them and this one sponsor is totally saving my butt, helping me see um, things that I need to see about myself. So to me, the whole program is miraculous, and I'm so glad you're all here doing it with me. Okay, thank you, Benita L. Now we'll have Alice G, and then we'll open it up for more shares. And just to remind you, we're on page XXIX, the third paragraph faced with this problem, reading through and commenting on that one paragraph. Alice G, recovered, not cured, compulsive overeater in Wisconsin. Grateful to be on the line with you all this morning and grateful to be abstinent. And uh, 
Yeah, many good shares this morning already. Beautiful. It's so good to have this solution and to study it and um, and let it sink in, you know. And <clears throat> I just think these doctors are baffled, right? I mean, they try. They try the psychological approach. I've tried many approaches. I've tried the diet, the exercise, the weight loss clubs, all those things. And um, I kept coming back here, too, for years and years and years and trying and to want to get abstinent. I really wanted to want to get abstinent, but I just couldn't. And I think for me, the the key is, is that ultimate surrender. Um, until I had that gift of desperation which G-O-D, right, gift of desperation, God, um, I, I just kept trying other things and other ways. And maybe if it's organic, maybe it's all, if it's all natural, maybe if I just don't go um, to that certain restaurant or whatever. But <clears throat> back to my point is the doctors are baffled. I've been reading um, a little article by Dr. Harry Tebow called Surrender Versus Compliance. And Harry Tebow, I'm not sure if I'm saying the name right, but apparently he was like a right-hand man for Bill Wilson. And this article, Surrender Versus Compliance, talks about the fact that I have to get to a place of surrender, acceptance about my disease. Like, you guys, I am mentally freaking ill, (laughs) you know? Like, my mind tells me it'll be different. And I had to get to a place where I was on my knees, hands in the air, tell me what to do because I can't eat like this anymore. And three years ago, almost four years ago, I was finally willing to do that. I finally had that gift of desperation. And the doctors don't know how this works, um, but I think it's a God thing. You know, I don't really know how it works. Like, I don't know why some people don't get this. And um, I felt like I was going to be one of those people, but I kept coming back and I kept um, <clears throat> doing the deal. And finally, um, finally, I was at a point to surrender and put my hands in the air and say, do, what, do with me what you will, sponsor. So um, I'm so grateful for that. It was painful, but um, I am so grateful for that point of desperation. So that's all I've got. Thanks for listening, you guys. Grateful to be here with you all. Pass. Thank you, Alice G. from Wisconsin. Okay, we have 13 minutes, so that's enough for four or five more shares. Who would like to share on this paragraph if you haven't shared in the last few days? Thank you. Is that Amy G? Is that Amy G? Okay, I heard Amy G. That's all I heard. Carol F, Loretta H. Carol F and Loretta H. Okay, Amy G, Pete B, Carol F and Loretta H. Go ahead, please, Amy. Yeah, thanks, Katie. Thanks so much for your service and thanks everyone for an awesome meeting. So, you know, clearly the 
the doctor is making it very clear, you know, our human authority, when I'm sick or ill, what do I do? I go to a doctor because to me that's the authority, right? And the doctor's doing the classic passing of the buck that says basically I don't have the power to help you either. So you need the psychic change. We need the psychic change. So I don't know about you all, but as a newcomer, when I read this kind of thing, it kind of freaks me out because as others have said, what is this psychic change? And it is an admission for me, in my humble opinion, of my personal powerlessness and the fact that there is no human power around out there to fix me. That if I am the true compulsive overeater with the physical allergy and especially the mental obsession, one, I cannot fix myself and no one else can either. So I need a power greater than myself. And as a firm agnostic, when I came into the program, that was very scary because everyone's talking about uh, you know, this whole idea of God. And I think Bill Bill writes it very more concise than me in one of his letters. He says, we have to find a life in the world of grace and spirit. And this is certainly a new dimension for most of us. Surprisingly, our quest for this realm of being is not too difficult. Our conscious entry, it usually begins as soon as we have deeply confessed our personal powerlessness to go on alone and have made our appeal to whatever God we think there is or may be. The gift of faith and consciousness of a higher power is the outcome. So to me, a psychic change is not only the admission of personal powerlessness and that there's nothing in the human world that can fix me. It's also the appeal that says God, higher power, whatever that is greater than me, and doing the footwork that is part of that, which is putting the food down, and working these 12 steps. I mean, I'll never forget what my sponsor said to me. She said, because I struggle with the whole higher power God thing. And she said, look, I don't care if you think your higher power is Jesus, Buddha, or the universal vibes of a tree, as long as it's not you and it's greater than you. And then we begin the process of working the steps because in Overeaters Anonymous, we don't think our way into a new way of acting and believing, right? We act our way into a new way of thinking and believing. And, and if you trust me in whom the problem had been solved, right, then this process of a higher power will, will evolve. We will continue to appeal through our work to a consciousness of a higher power. And that is exactly what developed for me through the process of working these 12 steps and continues to grow as I be of service and live in steps 10, 11, and 12. It sounds like it's a lot, but it's really not. It's one day at a time with my appeal on my knees in the morning when I get up and I say, God, relieve me of the bondage of self. Show me what your will is for today. And then I go about my business of recovery and working this 12-step program and giving it to others. So it is there. It is possible. Whatever you believe, whatever you see God is. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Amy G. Pete B., you're up, followed by Carol F. Thank you, Katie, for taking the meeting. My name is Pete. in Pennsylvania. And I really appreciate, you know, just before we broke to the next group and the, and the person sharing about desperation. And, and the, previous passage, the previous paragraph talks about it, right? We, you know, we all come in here, you know, beaten to death or close to death in desperation from this condition, you know, super, super gullible, willing to do anything that it takes, anything, any, take any direction without, you know, you know, I know myself, I, I thought things that, that are probably illegal and put them in my body without any testing, just with the hope that it somehow 
remedy what I'm suffering from. You know, and and it's and it's it's great. I'm I'm grateful that the doctor's pointing this out. That you know something more than human power. But you know, we got to ask ourselves in this fellowship. You know, if you take a look at the success rate of how effective we're actually being, and what we're telling people the solution is, you know, it's it's often you know it's almost to a point where we 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 bristle at this idea that it has to be. Uh, more than human power, that it has to be a higher power. And then we soften it and tell them, oh, no, well, you know, your problem is, you know, you're, you're, the opposite of addiction is connection. You're not connected to enough of your fellows. And that's a lie. The opposite of addiction is entire abstinence. You know, we tell people that it's a we program and you get to come in here and do it as we, and, and guess we are human power. We never got one real compulsive overeater recovered. Yeah, it's nice to have a fellowship. It's nice to be among our fellows, right? But we can't do it for you. And you, you know, being in the middle of a herd as a sick person is only going to get you preyed upon. Eventually, because a predator is going to attack a herd and you're going to be separated from the herd. So there's no safety in the herd. We need to start telling people the truth about the condition. Anything that doesn't point to a spiritual solution exclusively is going to lead the sufferer back to the condition. No human power. You know, I, you may have to board the 10-step train now because this has been shared. And, you know, you know you, I, I, may be, I, may, you know, I may be an outsider, but you're going to get sick of hearing it. We don't have a big, a large degree of success with the message that we're carrying. This thing is a deadly condition. There's no treatment for it. Entire abstinence and a spiritual awakening as a result of working your steps is the only hope we have. Time, please. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Pete. Okay, Carol F., you're up, followed by Loretta H. Hi, this is Carol S. Um, I'm in Connecticut. This is my first time uh, on this call. And, um, uh, yeah, so I've been around OA for many years. Uh, my sponsor dropped me last October. Uh, I was well, I was about ready to do my fifth step. So uh, I've been struggling ever since uh, without a sponsor. And I was told uh, that I could find a sponsor on this call. So that's part of the reason I'm here today. Other than it's been a great meeting. I've heard a lot of excellent stuff. Uh, so that's it. I just thought I'd listen today uh, and um, check in. Uh, so that's all I have to say. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for your service. Thank you, Carol. If you stay around for the second hour at 10 minutes to 9, uh, available sponsors will announce themselves. So please stick around for that. Um, okay, Loretta H., you're up.
This is Loretta H., and thank you all, along with my precious God, you are really saving my life. And I looked up the word aggregate just because I didn't know what it meant, so it says form or group into a class or a cluster. And then they gave an example, and it says butterflies aggregate in dense groups, and that made me think of all of us. Uh, yes, I am above human aid. Yes, I don't know anything, and neither did, um, it, which is a set-aside prayer much. And I also came in as very true agnostic, and I am a true compulsive overeater today, and true anorexic. And I actually, my craving is the anorexia, and that's my disease. Um, but I also because I'm hungry, I binge on anything. So anyway, that's my story. But because of the surrender, because I do the work, you know, it says it's not for people who want it. It's not for people who need it, which I needed it desperately for 54 years. It's for people who do it. And with the teachings of my sponsor with the teachings of you guys and the classmates you are, I have learned to under, not understand God, stand under a God of my understanding. Like my food plant is of my understanding. It's separate to me, and it, I am a separate entity. But it's the group, and it's the fellowship, and and surrender, and I never knew how to do that because I thought I was Loretta Full Charge. And that acronym for surrender is seriously understanding real recovery entails not debating every reason. And that's what I have to wake up to every morning, to surrender to something bigger than me. And initially it was just my sponsor but not the debating society. That has to go because I am above human aid and my willpower does not work. Thank you all again. Surrendered serenity today. God's sightings await. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Loretta. Okay, we have time for one one-minute share. Who would like to take that spot? Novella P. Okay, go ahead, Novella. You have one minute. Thank you. Yeah, I I just love what I just read. I've been reading Joe and Charlie in there, and they're talking about exactly this. The only thing that's going to save us is a spiritual experience, and I'm so blessed today. I've been working the 12 steps for three years, and this morning, or lately, this week, I have been so happy. I've never been happy. I've always been afraid and uh, full of doubt and insecurity. Um, and today, I'm just at peace because I'm doing life God's way, my high, my spiritual way. I don't lean on my own understanding. I lead on that higher power that everybody's been talking about. It's, he, he has changed me in every way, and I'm so, so grateful today for a vision for you and my spiritual being that brought me here. Um, so, yeah, I, 
uh, I, I'm almost, uh, I think it's 98 days for me of abstinence. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing for this retired 70-year-old. I'm just, I just can't believe it. At 70, I finally Time, please. <laughs> Thank you so much. And hope, go for the spirituality. Go for it. That's your answer. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, so we've come to the end of our meeting. Um, I would like to thank everybody who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today, Thursday, January 18th, 7 a.m. meeting is 21,051. That's 21051. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Well, we repeat, please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come, if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until.